You're listening to Art Affairs, episode 32. Today I'll be talking to Dolk. So my name's Michael Faith, and this is Art Affairs. Art Affairs is my attempt at shining a spotlight on the many wonderful people that make up this amazing art community, featuring conversations with artists, gallerists, curators, telling their stories. You can dig through previous episodes, complete with show notes at artaffairspodcast.com, but the best way to stay plugged in is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with the show on Instagram and Facebook at Art Affairs Podcast. All right, so today's guest is artist Dolk. Dolk is a multidisciplinary artist from Spain with a background in both illustration and graffiti. He creates work with a strong focus on animals and the natural world. And we talk about the effect that in-person field research has had on the nature of his work, how he fell in love with graffiti and street art during his first year of college, his new solo show in New York with SpokeArt and ThinkSpace, and a whole lot more. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Dolk. Antonio, welcome to the show, man. I'm, I'm stoked to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right, so let's dive into your background for a bit. Um, and I know you, you currently live uh, you know, near Valencia, Spain, um, and you were, you were born and grew up in that general area. Were you actually born in the city of Valencia, or were you, it was outside in sort of a small town? I was born in the city of Valencia, but, uh, but uh, I'm from a, since I was a child, I'm, I, I lived in a small town, which is like 40 minutes to, the, to, the, to Valencia, to the big city. And uh, yeah, I grew up here. And uh, was at the age of 18 when I when I moved due due to the studies and to the university. But yeah, I grew up here, and, and it's and I I I came back here just in in March. Yeah, because I recently I'm a father. <laughs> oh, congratulations! <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since since this summer, and uh, I in the beginning we thought that because we were living in Valencia, we were like. Eight years, more or less, yeah, almost ten, I think, living in Valencia. But we just moved here because, yeah, with a little kid, it's it's easier for us, and uh, we got a very nice house, which in Valencia is more expensive. And uh, both me and my wife are from from this town, so it was more comfortable for me because I'm always traveling. Not now due to the pandemic. <laughs> But I'm always traveling, moving around uh, all my day. Normally, I, I pass all the day in the studio, so it was easier to be close to the to the grandfather and grandmothers. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's awesome. That's a big life change to have have a yeah. brand new kid. And we are we are pretty pretty close to the to the to Valencia. In 30, 40 minutes driving, you are there. Okay. So I go almost all the weeks. Yeah especially now because I'm working on some projects there. 
as a kid, um, from what I understand, you had a lot of animals around you, like birds and fish and horses. Uh, tell me about that. Was that were those like your pets, or was it something that your your parents did as their like profession? Well, my father has had a lot of birds. At, uh, we lived in a country house, and he really likes the the animals. So yeah, since since I was a child, I was looking off looking at his books and. Uh, and his encyclopedias and uh, he had like 400 birds at, at oh, wow. a small at a small room at at the home so it was like i i grew up with this and uh, i'm sure that it's the, the main influence for for my work sure and uh, yeah since the beginning i remember drawing copying the the, the animals of his books and uh, yeah he he was always watching uh, documentaries, nature documentaries and wildlife documentaries. And I was with him. And yeah, that that's my main uh, influence. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. What kind of work did your father do? Was it animal related or? He has a, no, no, no. He has a company, a packaging company. No, it's totally different from, from me. Yeah, he, but he, he, he likes it. So how did how did you first get interested in creating art then? If you if you don't have any like artists around you, like how did you first get that creative spark? Yeah, I'm the only one in my family. Also, later my brother, which is uh, he he's photographer, but yeah, I'm like the only one drawing. And I remember it was with yeah, with my with my father. He he was like, I remember in the sofa with him like. Okay, let's let's draw a lion. Let's draw a and uh, it was I think four five years old. But when we are when we are young, I think all the people, all the childs used to draw. But uh, yeah, not all used to do to do it when 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 you grow when you grow up. No, be uh, become a an adult for when sure. When you become older, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was the beginning, I think, and I've been drawing. Uh, since then, but was at the age when I when I when I get when I got eighteen and I went to the university. I always thought that was especially because I think I grew up with this ambient because my father has this company and uh, my grandfather had another company of transports. And when 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 you grow up in a family when people has like not big companies but like. Uh, they go to the to the company they come back and the day is like <laughs> all the days are like that yeah and it's and i well i'm a, i'm very like i like to have everything under control and uh, i'm very organized and i'm very maniatic of so yeah oh i'm 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 exactly i'm exactly the same way for sure um so did you have i mean I know when you first started college, you were going to go into economics. So was that because you were going to go into like the family business at first? Was that the original yeah, plan? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I never thought that I could live from the from the arts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my idea was I I really like the marketing and advertisement and things like that. Like, like uh, yeah, like the most creative part of of uh, of, a, of a job, no. So I decided to, to, to do economics and thinking in, in the future to be with my father and follow the, the, the company, no? continue with, with it. But I remember I was drawing in all the classes, in all, the, <laughs> all my books of mathematics and economics were drawn and I was drawing characters all the time. 
And then uh, I met with a guy from Madrid because yeah, he he moved to my to my small city, which is fifty thousand inhabitants more or less. So he came and uh, he was he was a graffiti writer and uh, I was a skater and he was a skater too. I, I had my my like my crew of friends. Uh, normally were skating all the days. So he, he, he came with us and he saw my drawings and he said me, Hey guy, you, you have to paint in the walls. Would, would, would you like to try it? And I was like, wow. I remember I, I only saw the graffiti in the TV or, or in some magazines or so he, he was from Madrid. So the next weekend he went to Madrid and he brought some cans because here, was very difficult to find like a good graffiti can and uh, yeah then everything started when i did my first one it was like wow <laughs> this is incredible and then uh, it, it it was really nice because it was a coincidence because i was uh, thinking in in leaving the the economics career and start fine arts or illustration or graphic design or something related in in what I like. Well, I was drawing in the books, but also drawing in the, in the walls was like, wow. And then I decided to change everything. And uh, the next year I left the career and started illustration because I was thinking about fine arts, but fine arts, uh, it's always like more open. You, you work with sculpture, with uh, video, with uh, animation, with everything. And I only wanted to draw. So I started in the illustration career and uh, then I moved to a small city, which is close to mine. Uh, and uh, I knew a lot of people from the arts that was like totally new for me because I, I, I remember in my class here in, 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 my, in my city, I was like the weird, you know, drawing <laughs> all the time. Everyone was playing football and basketball and, and I was skating and drawing and <laughs> in a small town from Spain. Believe me, this is like, oh, this is That's amazing. This guy is, is weird. So when I went to the other place, I met with people who liked the same of me. And I was like very, I felt very happy and, and uh, then everything uh, started to move, you know. I put all, all my energy on, in the, in the lessons, in the drawing classes, all my energy, especially because I lost the other year with the, with the economist career. And my father doesn't, he, he always helped me, but he was the, f the first one, the first one that thought that was very difficult to live from the arts. And I, th I, I still think it, you know, but he now is, Understanding, understanding that it was the, a good change no? after all this time. <laughs> so were they, were they supportive of that change in pace back when, you know, year one of your college, when you decided to change directions and go into arts, was that something they were discouraging you of or were they encouraging you to do that? In, in the beginning was like, they were like, oh, I don't know if this is the good way, but yeah, now they are very, very happy and very proud of it. Yeah. When you were when you first got into graffiti, what kind of stuff were you painting? Was it letter forms and stuff like that, or were you already painting characters like you do do today? 
The first one was lettering because, yeah, it was like the, wow, like the graffiti most uh, iconic theme, no? But uh, I was mixing some letters, then characters, always animals, characters, some b-boy animals, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then in the beginning was, I, I painted some 3D characters, uh, three, 3D letters, sorry. But after that, yeah, I started to do characters, characters. And then in the, in the city where I moved to study illustration, I met uh, some guys who already were painting like, like very professional in the graffiti scene. They were like famous, you know, there, there, there was a very important crew here in Spain, porn stars, which was like the most, uh, important writers from the Spain were from that crew. And one of that, of those guys, uh, who I met was from that crew. And, uh, he saw my drawings and he said me, Hey, let's do a new crew with me and with another guy. And it was very special for me. And I was like, wow, this, this, these guys are counting with me to, to, to create something. And I was very motivated nice. and, uh, yeah, this, this thing with the graffiti and wild the the like the illustration part while I was studying both things in, in at the same time at the same time was like a bomb on me yeah. like a really special I think it's one of the most special times I I lived for sure yeah and and I, I from what I understand uh, that that period was also when you adopted the name Dolk right which which from what I read was more or less an homage to a friend of a friend of yours uh, tell me yeah. about that how did how did that name come about and how did you ad- or end up adopting it. Yeah, it was because my friend, the one who who, who came to my town and uh, the one who introduced me to the to the graffiti scene, that guy always was okay. You have to to have you should have the like a graffiti tag and and I said no, it's okay. I prefer my name. <laughs> and he was no 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 no. You need a graffiti name because then it's cool and blah blah blah. That said okay. I don't know which name we, I can, I can use. And he said me, Oh, I just started with, with one guy from, uh, from Madrid who signed as dog. And then, uh, yeah, he was, he was died in an accident. And, uh, he, he said me, would you like to, to adopt it? And I said, okay, it's okay for me. It was an, a nice thing. And, uh, yeah, he, he now is very, very happy about introducing me in the world and also about the name and and everything yeah yeah i mean that's a kind of a heavy weight to carry the the fact that you adopted the name of somebody who you know you know yeah i know i didn't thought anything in in that moment i said okay it's a beautiful thing yeah you've definitely done done it justice and you've you've certainly um made a, a good name for it uh did you ever get any kind of trouble painting graffiti did you ever get arrested or yeah one time one time I was arrested. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was just for one day. Yeah. And <laughs> it was, I think, the only one, the only, because I don't, I really like the, the, like the train and the trains and yeah, the illegal thing and everything. It's totally cool, but it's not for me, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm more like, uh, in, since the beginning, you know, since the beginning when I'm painting, I, I like to paint and I like to be comfortable and I like to be in the, the adrenaline is in another, maybe skating or snowboarding, but not painting. 
And uh, yeah, the only the only one I I was arrested was I think the first time that I was doing something illegal. Yeah, yeah, and I never thought it. I never did it again. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. Um, and so you you, know, you went heavy into illustration. You changed from economics to illustration. And then you later studied graphic design. Was that all part of the same program, or did you complete your illustration work first? No, then- it was. It was in a different in a different uh, arts school. Uh, illustration was in uh, in Alcoy, which is a little town close, a little city close from here, from where I live now. And then uh, when I finished it, I thought the same. I thought I thought, okay, I think it's not necessary with this. I need to 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 find a, a good work like animation or graphic designer or something. Uh, I really wanted to know more about the computer programs and uh, yeah lettering and uh, I think graphic design was the the thing that I needed in that moment and then I moved to Valencia uh, to make like three years of yeah it was three years of graphic design and it was it was cool too but it's, it wasn't the same it wasn't the same because yeah the the nice part of the of my illustration career was that the city was not so big and we were like a family and we were like uh, all the people. Well, I, I'm from a from a small city, so I like to to know all the people moving around. And yeah, when you go to a big city, it's cool too. I really like it, but it's different. And uh, after having all these great times in in Alcoy, moved to Valencia, new no new people was like. Something uh, weird in the moment, but it was okay. And uh, it helped me a lot, especially for working in the compositions and yeah, and for another kind of project that I had because yeah, I'm painting uh, right now. I'm only painting, but I've been working like graphic designer and uh, animator and many other kinds of things. So it was, was nice. And then for my Erasmus, which which is like one year that you can choose here in Europe and move to another university. They help you. And uh, it's a European program. And I, and I went to Belgium yeah, okay. for one year. Okay, cool. So like, what kind of work did you do right out of university? You mentioned that you did animation work and advertising. Um, mm-hmm. Was that all com- like freelance commercial work or were you actually working for different companies? When I finished the graphic design, I went to Barcelona and I was two years living there and working for, uh, uh, you know, Zara, um, no. pull and bear and brands like that were, it's a very famous Spanish uh, brand, which is all over the world right now. And I was working there like a uh, graphic designer and, uh, designing all the illustrations for, for, for clothing, especially t-shirts and, uh, sweaters and yeah. And I was working with a, with a fashion designer. And while I was doing some freelance project with normally with, uh, yeah, I, I, I did many, many of advertisement campaigns as a freelance. And then, uh, after two years, I decided to leave, to leave the, the, the fashion, uh, the fashion's world because it was crazy. It, it was crazy. It, I, I, I learned a lot about, uh, how to organize my time and work very, very, very fast 
but it's not like a really luxury brand brand. So they, they used to work like copying like the big luxury brands and doing them like more affordable, uh, clothing. So I was maybe it was Monday and they told me, okay, uh, Wednesday we need 20 designs. Let's go. <laughs> it was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> But, and then uh, they wanted something like, something like, uh, this brand. I don't know, maybe Gucci or Louis Vuitton or whatever, something like this, but different. And then <laughs> you start to be creative and um, doing like different things. And they say, no, 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 no. Has to be more similar. Oh, and it's, uh, and it's not creative and it's not helpful. You, I needed the money and I, I did it for two years and I was. As an artist, I wanted to live in Barcelona for, uh, for, for some time because Barcelona is a really nice city where, where many artists grow and, uh, it's a beautiful place to be. So yeah, I moved there and I was very excited in the beginning, but after two years, I said, okay, I need to, to do my things. I need to, yeah, because when you like to draw and create and it's a nice job for someone who wants to draw or wants to do something, but if you need something more, it's like, okay, yeah. look for another thing. So yeah, I remember, but was, was good be, be there because being in Barcelona, I knew a guy from a, a film, film director and he offered me to be the main illustration, the main illustrator in a, in an animation movie. Oh, nice. So. So yeah, it happened because I was there uh, and that, that's, that's a good reason. So yeah. And then I left that work and I started to work in, and it was a freelance, pro a freelance project. I, I, I could be at my place working on it and it was very easy. Then I came back to, to my town where to my city in Valencia because yeah, it was well paid, but not so much. So I said, okay, I need to, to save money. Then I came back to my parents' house in, in the small city, which was, which was crazy, especially being out of home for some years and then come back and in the same house of them. But was the thing I, I had to do to, to, to save money and then move again in the future. So was, yeah, it was nice. And then since then I was doing some advertisement projects too. And I was starting to paint. Well, I always have been painting, but was starting to participate in some, uh, exhibitions around, around Europe with my first gallery works. Because in all that time, I was painting graffiti too and murals. How did you, um, make time for both? How were you able to make time for their commercial work and your personal work? In the, in the, in the weekends, I was doing graffiti and murals in the weekends with some, with some friends I met in Barcelona while I, while I was living there and in Valencia while I, I was living in Valencia too. So yeah, during all the, that period, I was doing both things. So yeah, the, the first time that I thought that something nice was moving was after Barcelona. Yeah. Then. I participated in my first festi in my first mural festival in Bologna, I think, was in Italy. And uh, since then, I'm working as freelance and uh, by my way. Well, 
I, I was two months in an animation movie, but it was three years ago. It was nice too, but I left it in, in three months. I left it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in around like 2009, from what I've read in your CV, that's when you really started showing your work in the gallery setting, right? You had some group shows in Spain and in Italy. Um, how did you first start making those connections with galleries and building some of those relationships? I don't know. I think it was because I, I in in that moment I was very active in the social media. We we had Photolog. You you know Photolog? No, no, I heard of that. The first one I had was Photolog, and then MySpace, and then uh, after that came uh, Facebook. But I was very 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 active, and uh, yeah, I think it helped a lot to be to be known around Europe and, uh, yeah, especially also because I was living in, uh, in Brussels, in Belgium for one year and, uh, Belgium is in the middle of Europe. So being there, you can move with a train with, you can go in three hours, you can be in Paris in three hours. You can be in Dortmund in Germany, uh, in Amsterdam. It's very close from, from a lot of big cities. So I was moving all the time painting and knowing in person the people, uh, the people who I knew from Hop from Photolog years, years before. What prompted, what prompted your move to Belgium? Was that when you were doing your Erasmus, the year that you were doing, um, you know, your, your university? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for my Erasmus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that was a really cool experience because I'm, it was almost the same that where when I started illustration, but in a, like in a European version, you know, when I went to a school, I met people from, from all Europe, all drawing drawers and very, very good drawers. And, uh, I remember in the, in the classes, everyone had his, his, her own style. And, uh, the teacher wanted that you that you grow up with your style, not, not, not with something like the things I did here in Spain, that you have to draw this, this, this. There was like, okay, let's go to, to, to Grill, but it's one from his side. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. Did you know the language at all? No, 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 because they speak uh, Flemish, my university, well, in Brussels. It's, it's a, it's a very, there are people who speaks French and people who speaks Dutch, which is like the Flemish language. And it's very difficult. It's a mix of Germany, in German, English, and, uh, very weird words. <laughs> it's very weird, <laughs> but the, the teacher was speaking with me in English. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. And actually a couple of years later in 2013, you and your brother Carlos um, won an award for a short story book that you guys you know, created an illustration um, or illustrated short story based on your time there. Uh, tell yeah. me about that. Like, how did that project come about? That was very beautiful. That was, yeah, my teacher from the, from the university in Brussels, he was the one organizing this, this contest. He and his organization, he has an, uh, literary literary organization there and uh, after i think it was two years after being already here in spain after my my time there he contacted me and he said to me I, we are organizing this there are it's gonna be really cool and i would like 
to have you here? And I said, okay, let's see. And they, they did like some proofs, like you had to drone, you had to do some different things. And they select, they selected 10, 10 artists and 10 writers. You have to, you have to be like, you had to be like a couple. You choose your writer and then you create a story. And we were selected, which was awesome. It was very, very important for me being recognized in a, in a city like that because there, the culture in comics and illustration, it's very, very strong. Nice. Uh, and I was, I felt very happy. And then we went there, me and my brother. He, he, he's not a writer, but he writes really, 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 really good. So yeah, we, I remember it was a nice, a very nice thing because we were there two weeks in Brussels. They paid us all the costs and, and then uh, a small fee to be there just for inspiration. Just they, they got us a really nice apartment in the city center. And uh, we had to be there two weeks only for inspiration and draw, draw in the streets. And uh, we had some, uh, some, some meetings too, but yeah, only for inspiration. And then you had to come back to Spain to your place and then create the, the, the story. Oh, nice. Based on, based on the, on the, on the neighborhood, they selected a neighborhood in Brussels and all the, the couples were working in the same neighborhood and it was really cool. Yeah. Because it's a city that I have always in my heart because I had a really nice experience there. And then coming back after two years for doing something like professional in terms yeah. of, uh, and I, I think it was my first, uh, publication. Did you like the, the process of making a book? Like, do you think you'd ever want to do another illustrated story like that? Yeah, I like it. I like it. It, it was a, a very short story. It was only uh, 15 pages or something like that for each one. But still having your physical book there I mean, with my drawing, something published in, in, in a country where, where the illustration is very important uh, made me very happy. Very cool. So, so as you were, you know, branching out into your gallery career, you were, you were showing in Italy, you were showing in Spain. Um, how did you make the transition over to the U S and start showing in some of the U S galleries? How did that happen? Uh, I did my first solo show, like, I, well, I did some others before, but not like a really nice and thought solo show. My first one was in Rome in Italy with Varsi Gallery. And after that, I remember I put a lot of energy on it because it was like the time I felt I had to do something uh, like, th like that. And I felt very happy about how, it, how the collection was. And after that, uh, many, many, many galleries contact me to do something and uh, I felt very happy. And one of those was Andrew from ThinkSpace. Nice. And uh, I was very excited because I was following its gallery for, for a long time. And, uh, yeah, since then I'm, uh, well, I've, I've been exhibiting with other galleries in the U S but, but he's the one that really made me grow and there in the U S and also in the, in the world, because he also is trying to organize things Very cool. in, a, in, a, in, a, in another fairs or festivals or whatever and my first show with him was in london in europe he went to a, to a fair here in europe and, and we did it yeah it was really cool and 
yeah, since then I've, we have been working together and I'm very happy. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. You, you've had a several, um, solo shows with him at this point. Um, so, so let's dive deeper into your work, um, a bit, uh, you know, and while doing research to you, I kept coming across mentions of, uh, your love for Hieronymus Bosch and how much of an influence he was on you. Um, was it your time in Belgium that where you first discovered and fell in love with his work or had you already really loved him? It was before it was in, uh, in, uh, when I started, when I was studying illustration, uh, I was pretty young and, uh, there was a project in the, I, I don't remember which class was, but it, there was a project that we had to like, like interpretate a work from Hieronymus Bosch. And uh, then I discovered him because yeah, I never, I never saw anything about him. And when I saw the work of this crazy artist, this master, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> because it, I remember I always have been mixing characters, creating like imaginary characters and, uh, doing like surrealistic compositions since the beginning, since I was a little kid. So when I saw that someone like very, very important uh, was doing this and in this way, I was like, wow, something opened my mind. And I enjoyed a lot that project. And yeah, that was like, okay, someone lived and is in the books doing these crazy things. And I said, <laughs> okay, there's a way. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounded like it, it helped you, I guess, realize that what you were already interested in doing was legitimate. Almost like, hey, I really like all this surrealist stuff. Hieronymus Bosch was very successful doing surrealism. I can do it too. Yeah. Is that is that sort of the yeah, message? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. And and so you know, obviously, another core kind of uh, feature of your work is animals, and all of your work really kind of revolves around animals and your love of nature. And you mentioned earlier that 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 definitely dates back to your time as a kid. Are you still able to spend much time in nature and around animals? Like, is that something you're able to still do? Sure. Since since three years ago, more or less three, four years ago, I tried to to save maybe fifteen days to travel to to organize a travel. I take it like a part of my work. Uh, organize a travel where to go to a place where the nature is very strong. I don't know. I've been in two times in Africa. I've been in uh, in the jungle in Costa Rica and. Uh, in some other places. And, uh, I think it's very, very necessary to be for me right now. I, I didn't think it before, but about it, but now I feel it's very important because then I take a lot of photographs. I'm not a very, very good photographer, but, but I like photography and I try to, to do my own photographs to, to use them for for inspiration later but especially the most important for me is being in the place feel the place like uh, get up in the morning at five when still it's dark and go outside and it's very cold and then go to look for the black rhino and that's magical that's magical because later when you are like very comfortable in your studio with your canvas painting and you remember all these things you put a lot of more energy in the work and uh, sure. it's something that I really need to do it. And this year I wanted to go to, to the north, to Norway, to see the, there is a place called Svalbard where you can see the polar bears and uh, oh, wow. 
yeah, and uh, the whales and the narwhals and a lot of Arctic wildlife. But I, finally, I couldn't go due to the pandemic. But was my was my my objective for this year, and maybe next one or nice in twenty years when everything will come back. <laughs> yeah. When you're going on these exhibitions, are you typically looking for a specific species to photograph, or are you just wanting to go to a location and whatever animals are there, that's what you see? Normally, I I go to see the animals that I that I like or I choose. Then, well, there are a lot of different animals living in the same place, and then you, I I love all all the animals. But for example, the last trip I did to Kenya was to Ol Pejeta, which is a rhinoceros sanctuary. And uh, I wanted to see the black rhinos in the wild. And it's one of my favorite animals. And there, there are like 180, something like that. And uh, yeah, I, I went especially there to, to find them. And I found them the last day. After three days looking for them, because there there are a lot of there are a lot of white rhinos, which is another species, and it's easier to to find them. But the the other one, the black one, is much more difficult. And I found them the last day in the last moment. Well, while the the sun the sun was going down, and it was magical. Oh, it was magical, oh, magical. Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a it's really incredible. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took very nice pictures, and then. Uh, I painted a, a very nice work that I have. Uh, yeah, I, I keep. I I don't have paintings of my work. Normally, I used to sell. It's really cool, but that one I kept it for me, and it's in my it's in my home. It was for a for an exhibition I had last year in Miami, but finally I didn't I didn't send it <laughs> yeah. because the there was it's the only thing it's the only thing I have of that moment. So. That's amazing. As, as important and, and as much as you care about animals, um, uh, is environmentalism a part of the messaging that you build into your work? And do you consider yourself an activist? I don't consider myself an activist. I think, uh, well, I've been painting animals all my time. And now the situation of nature is very critical. So I just paint and try to 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 do like a portrait that how, how they could feel or how, or how they are. But that, I don't want to, to, to launch the message and, and, and say, okay, we are killing the planet. No, no, it's not, it's not that way. It's just, okay, I'm living here what I think. And, uh, it's the problem that is happening and it's, it's happening each day, but I like to, to create like a magical atmosphere, like, uh, something nice between between these crazy moments and then uh, if you see the painting in the first view you see that some normally normally the people say me wow that's beautiful these colors this everything and then when they when they stop and start to look in the inside of it they see the that something bad is happening is happening and it's like what is happening nowadays. So we, we don't want to see the problems, but the problems are there and it's, they are even worse. And yeah, many, many of animals are dying and, uh, for us, it's okay. It's day is passing and, uh, 
it's very difficult to, I think now it's almost impossible to save <laughs> this planet, but yeah. I know that most of the animals that you that you use as your characters aren't exactly as they are in the real world. They're often morphed and you have sort of these evolved um, animals. Are these mutations a, a product of them being in the context of a dreamlike setting or are they adaptations due to, you know, the changing environment, stuff like that? It, I think it's a mix of both. Yeah, it's a mix of both. They are like growing and changing their morphology. But each time, I think, uh, if I look for my works like five, six years ago, they were like more more uh, cartoonish and more comic and more funny and was creepy too, but was more funny. And now it's more, much more realistic. And I think it's because traveling to these places and discovering them and trying to see how they live in the real. And uh, my work is changing for a, like much more realistic, but it, it has even, it has a still the, like the, like the sense of the magical atmosphere and, and this evolution and mutations and, uh, yeah. Very cool. And, and I'm and definitely storytelling and narrative seems to be a big part of, of what you're doing. And, and I think that that probably ties back to your illustration background. Um, when it comes to creating a narrative, do you, do you tend to create the story first or is it the characters first and then you sort of build the story around it? Normally I choose the, the, like the main character or the main characters, And then, uh, I compose all the scene, the scene. Yeah. Normally I, I have like some, some animals that I really like more than others. And, uh, I select one, them and, and then start to create everything. And each time more, I think also because of these travels, uh, all the characters, all the characters that appears in a, in a painting or in a sculpture are from the same place and endemic for, from the same place. Years ago, I, I mixed, I mixed different different characters from maybe a lion with a, with a parrot and, uh, I don't know, from America, Africa mixing. Now I try to be like more like represent the real ecosystems from this place, but, but with my, but with my view. Does that, does that approach change? Like the, the story that you're telling, does it change when you're, when you're creating a larger body of work, like a show versus a single piece? Like, do you, do you try to connect many of the pieces together if it's for a larger body of work yeah 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 totally yeah 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 it's different when i when i do a simple a simple painting normally just paint just think on it and create whatever you want but when you are composing a like a big body of work for a solo show or whatever uh you need to organize i think a lot in the in the in the colors to have all of them together and everything is in the same, in the same atmosphere and in the same, uh, for example, I'm just finishing my next solo show and each one is thought with a, with a color. And then when you see all together, everything flows together, you know? Nice. Yeah. And, and most of the work that you make is, is an acrylic. You pretty much exclusively use a, acrylic for your studio work. Um, what is it that you like about acrylic versus like oil? I think. I never, well, one time I tried the oils. Many, many artists said me, okay, you should start with the oils because your work will look 
much more better, much more colorful. Let's try it. And I said, okay, okay. I will try maybe in the future. I don't know. But I feel the acrylics are for me because I normally paint like very, very fast. Like I like when I'm painting, I'm, I'm doing the character and okay, let's do the other one. And it's, and then <laughs> I don't know. I, and I start and I finish. I start and I finish. When I start, when I start a character, I like to finish it. And uh, acrylics, mm, I think it's perfect for this, this kind of working process. And, uh, I tried many, many different brands, but now I'm painting with Liquitex. They, okay. they, they sponsor my, they sponsor me and they, and, and I'm super happy of how they work on my work. The, the, the colors are awesome. Also the, the, the treatment that I, that I do, it's perfect for me, I think. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and so, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, your, the trips that you take to, um, you know, to take photography and, and, or to take photos for reference and some of the research that you do, um, and also the storytelling. Once you have an idea for like the foundation of a piece, um, what's your next step in your process? Do you start sketching like compositions or do you kind of jump right into to painting? Like, what do you go from the concept to starting to paint? Normally, I do the sketch by pencil. Then uh, I I draw it in the in the canvas, and then uh, I do some. I paint like flat colors of everything, and then I start with the background. First, I paint always the background, and each time I'm enjoying more with the backgrounds, <laughs> landscapes, skies. Yeah, I'm, because years ago, like four or five years ago, I never painted the backgrounds. I I was like worried like afraid of doing it and now i'm i'm enjoying a lot with the background sometimes more that than with the characters <laughs> and uh, yeah then uh, when i have the when i have finished the background i start with the with the characters and maybe i i can i come back to to, to add some colors in the background it depends how much do you have figured out in your pencil sketches so you said you start with pencil sketches do you have everything you know laid out in your pencil sketches or do you do you still leave a lot to figure out while you're painting Normally, I have everything, but always I add little little de- details or, or little characters. I I work with a pencil and and sometimes with the computer. With a, when I when I get the the sketch, I have a look of all the photographs I have, and maybe I mix the sketch with some photographs, and uh, and then I start the painting. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a very fast sketch, not not super well finished i do that for the murals for the murals i I draw like like very finished drawings okay and and for your your mural pieces once you finish the sketch how do you transfer it up to the wall do you use projection do you use some kind of a you know symbol grid or how do you get it uh transferred up to the wall now i use a symbol grid yeah years ago i i i did freehand and was i think it was much more wild than now <laughs> but yeah it, normally for if you are doing a mural normally you have between five and seven days depending on, on the project i know i can do it freehand but i need maybe one full day or yeah normally one full day or one day and a half and if i use the symbol grid i have it two three hours when you have the, I had some experiences with the weather, with the, with the leaf, <laughs> with, 
Yes, and uh, when you are painting a mural, you have to be like I, I'm. I'm super organized, so I need to to do it fast. I have some friends that no, no, you have to do it freehand because if not, <laughs> and it's said okay, it's okay, I can do it, but I I, I need to to work uh, with enough time and be sure that I have the time. For sure. I mean, when you're traveling for one of these mural projects, um, do you get a chance to? Um, experience the community that you're going to be painting in? Like, do you have a chance to get to know the people and the community that, sh- that you're working in? Normally I have, normally I have around one or two days. And is, if it's a, a, a place, for example, I did a project in Costa Rica uh, last year and uh, no, not last year, two years ago. And uh, I was painting the mural for one week, one week. And I spend another week uh, just to explore the place and to know the community and the wild, the wildlife there and everything. If it's a place that I really like, I always take one more one more week. This this year, this past year in uh, in April, I had to go to New Zealand for a, for a mural there, but it was the pandemic, the pandemic, and I couldn't. But I wanted to stay there for a for a month. And the mural was planned in, because it was quite big, was planned for two weeks and then two more weeks for the, for exploring the, 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 the Iceland. It's a place where you never know when you can go. So it's a good opportunity to, to, to enjoy the place where you are working. That's really cool. I mean, do, do you try to make the pieces, um, significant to that community like like the animals that you're using do you, do you build that into the design when you're painting somewhere else yeah i really i really like to do it yeah because then finally the murals are for the people who lives there because i paint and i came i come back to my city and that's it but the mural is gonna it's gonna live there so it's for me it's very important to create something that it's gonna live with them and in terms of uh, the things that they need, they know, the wildlife, in my case, the wildlife that is living there, then play with it and create something unique, something under my, my language, but, but something for, for the community that I'm working. And that's something I, I always do it. That's very cool. Um, as far as materials go, do you use spray paint or do you still use brush and, and, um, and paint? I use both. Most, Years ago, I only used spray can, but now I think due to the, because I'm painting much more than years ago, I prefer the brass because also for the, for the textures and to get different effects and, and, uh, and also because it's more healthy because you are in, in front of a big wall and with the spray can is like, wow. So yeah, it's time more. I think that, yeah, the last mural I did in Madrid. This was in July last year. I used all brush, yeah, acrylic and brush, yeah. Between um, between your your street art and like your mural pieces and your studio art, do you prefer one versus the other? Like on any given day, what would you rather be doing? Mm, both. I think both are necessary. Each time more, I I really enjoyed in the studio. Now I have a very nice studio here in my my in my town. And I enjoy a lot, but especially this year, it's been crazy because uh, I really need to travel and, uh, yeah, and paint a mural and being in, f- and I, I was, I was lucky because I got to paint one, 
in Madrid, which normally I don't used to work in. I don't used to work in Spain. All my all my projects are, or, or in, yeah, Germany or France or or the U.S. And I ha I got a really nice project, um, a mural project there in Madrid, and I I I I went because yeah. We were in the middle of this pandemic and I got many, many projects canceled for this year. And this was like, okay, I can do it here. And, uh, yeah, I went there and, uh, was, yeah, it was really like, uh, okay, take some air for me, paint in the street. <laughs> and yeah, but I really, need, I really need to, to travel and to have both. What, um, why do you not usually paint in Spain? Is it just you don't have uh, people offering it or you, do you just want to explore outside of Spain because Spain's your home? No, 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 no. I painted so many times, but it's not like my main public. My okay. Main, yeah. But also we don't have so much festivals here. Normally France or Germany or the North, like Sweden or have a lot of more opportunity than Spain. It's difficult here. It's crazy because there are a lot of great, fantastic artists here living in Spain, but most of us are working out of Spain. Yeah. Mm. Here, it's difficult to sell here. Interesting. Is it, there's just not as much of a market there? No, I don't have a market here. I, I think I never, well, years ago, but since five, six year, years, I only sold one painting here. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a big one, but just one. Okay. So let's, let's talk about your new show. You talked about, uh, you, you mentioned earlier that you just finished up um, your, your next show. And, and your next show is actually uh, be February 20th in New York City at, at SpokeArt in, in partnership with ThinkSpace. Um, you, know, who, you know, as we talked about before, you've done several shows with. What can you tell me about this new show? It's called uh, Ephemeral Treasures. Yeah, I've been working on it since uh, March, uh, so a lot of time on it, and it's right now it's done. And uh, this between this week and the next one, we are going to pack everything and prepare everything to to be sent. And yeah, I'm very happy. It's not a very big body of work, but well, it has like 13, 14 pieces, I think. Uh, but I'm happy. I'm happy of whole whole. It came and uh, especially this year that I've been, uh, I, in the beginning, I was very nervous because I had a lot of projects traveling and, but finally I could, I, I enjoyed a lot the time in the studio for creating it. And I did a mix of the places where I've been traveling and uh, taking inspiration. And uh, there are some paintings inspired in my trip to Kenya with the rhinos and uh, there are uh, some others from uh, Asia. Um, there is a very, very nice one that I really like inspired, but by the, by the, the problem in the Arctic. And, uh, yeah, it's a mix of different ecosystems and it's some normal. I normally try to, to choose different places where have very critical problems and the species that are, that are in, in very danger of extinction. And uh, it's a, a mix of it, but much more realistic and much more uh, influenced, I think, by my by my experience in the place. Are these uh, all paintings, or do you have sculptures, drawings, other types of works as well? I have uh, 
there are all paintings, but there, there is a handmade sculpture, a, nice. a very nice one. Yeah, I think it's the, the first time I do a handmade sculpture in a show. Very cool. What type of, uh, what type of material? Is it clay or? It's a sculpey. Super sculpey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 70 centimeters long. Yeah, 70 high, something like that. I know you've done you've done several um you know sculptures over the years with clay and stuff like that um for previous shows. You said this was the first one that you've completely made by hand. Uh what were the other ones uh, before that? Were were those not completely by hand? No, I made one that was a 3D print. Then uh, I did some toys in the in the past too and I worked working on a new one too. Well, I did two handmade sculptures together with a with a sculpture because I don't know it everything by by myself. I really like to do it, but it's impossible because of the time. Sure. Uh, for these kind of things, I always prefer to work with someone who really knows how has to be built because it will be better for sure. And it's under my my view all the time. And then uh, yeah, we 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 create it together, and then it's painted painted by hand by me. Okay, very cool. So with with COVID and everything that's going on with the pandemic, will you be able to make it out to the show at all? Or are you going to be just uh, attending virtually like everybody else? Uh, you know, I'm very sad because it was a really nice uh, thing for this year. I was super excited of going to New York because it's like the main city for, for me. I I met even from from... Being from, from the same town, from the same town, me and my wife, we met there for the same time, oh, for, wow, for the, really? for the, for the first time. And, uh, because she was living close and I went there for paint a mural and we were together oh, there. Wow. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and I was, super, we were very happy to be, to, to travel there, especially with the little kid that we had this year and was like something super nice. But yeah, we are, it's impossible to go now. It's like, yeah. Even the situation here in Spain, it's like very bad again. And uh, yeah, we will we will ship the the artworks and let's enjoy from from here. <laughs> right on, that yeah. makes sense. So just a month after that show, you're actually participating in Las Fias Festival 2021, which runs March 15th through the 19th. Yeah, we are in a. It's in March, but it's gonna be delayed for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, they are talking about July or October or or September because it's it's impossible to celebrate it right now because it's a festival where all the people, a lot of thousands of people, it's in the streets. It's there is not only one fire, which is there are there are like three hundred and seventy fires around the city, which is crazy because yeah, the cars can't go to the street and. It's, 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 yeah, the city is like amazing to be here for one time. For the people living there, it's, it's crazy because you can't, you can't move around, <laughs> but it's very interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's impossible to celebrate it now. So it's going to be the life for sure. We don't know still when I'm, I'm waiting for, for it, but we are working on it like, like if it was for, for March. So it's being produced like in the same uh, direction. And it's super amazing to see how it, how it grows. It's, it's, it's weak. Now they are starting to paint it and it's wow. 
I, I try to, to go one time per week to see the process, to see the colors, to, to, because there are like 20 people working on, on the, on the creation of it. Oh, yeah. It's wow. a 20, 20 meters high sculpture. It's crazy. Oh man. That's, that's incredible. And so from what I've read about the, the festival, you know, basically you create a large you know, piece that's ultimately burned down, right? Yeah. 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 It's so I guess, tell me about that. Like how, how does it feel to spend so much time on working on something that's ultimately going to be destroyed? I don't know it yet because it's my first time, no. Okay. <laughs> but but it, but in my opinion, it's very similar to a well, it's faster, but it's very similar to a to a mural production because mm. you paint the mural and it's ephemeral. You, That's true. Yeah. Maybe it takes ten years, fifteen years, one year. You never know. This thing is much more crazy because it's built in one year. And it's burned in minutes. So, and it's, yeah, it's only, it's only between seven, it's seven days in the street and then it's burned. But when it's in the street, it's, it's, wow, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. That must be an honor. I mean, you know, sure, sure it's burned, but just to be a representative of your country in that way, in this big festival, that, that must be a big honor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an honor because. There are, as I said, you there are three hundred and seventy fires, but the one I I designed it is like the main one, the, the the one which is which is in the city hall and like the one who represents which represents the city and and for me being from Valencia, it's beautiful. I grew up with it, and I remember I, when I was a child looking in the TV how they burn it and my mother go to the bed you you have to go to the class tomorrow early go to the bed because it's a it's at 1 p.m. and uh, when they burn it and uh, yeah it's something really cool i'm super super excited about seeing how how the process is 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 going about seeing the creation of each one of the characters because there are a lot of characters but yeah I try to don't think in the in the pandemic, but yeah, it's it's being close already. But yeah, we we will see. It's gonna be for sure. It's gonna be in the place, the time that has to be. So, okay. So, in addition to um, you know the work that you created for Las Vegas, um, and what I understand is you're also gonna be uh, doing a show that's part of that same um, event. Tell me about that. What what type of uh, work are you creating for that show? Yeah, then I'm, yeah, right now I'm in the middle of a big, crazy, uh, stress moment because I'm working on, yeah, we are, I'm just finishing the, the, the New York show, then the Faya, and then another big exhibition in a, in a museum in Valencia, in the Central Carmen, which is in the city center. And it's a really amazing space, uh, like, uh, Gothic architecture mixed with, with modern, spaces and oh, wow. it's really really beautiful and special and yeah in the one of the main places in, for the art in valencia so yeah they offered me to do something because i'm the artist of the of the falla the other artists from the other years that's like okuda steve or Pichiabo, they did it too and uh, it's something that like it's very nice because it it it's like the the mix of the culture they they try to 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 put the artist in, in, in his, in his field, you know, 
like you are doing the falla, but then it's nice to have the art of the artist in the in the city while the falla is in the in the main place. So it's really cool. So yeah, they offered me and I was like, wow, I have a show which is in February and it's crazy because the museum has to be in March and I'm very normally when I do a show, I need like eight, like 10 months. And I said, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to be dead. And yeah. also with the, with the fire that I have to control all the process. I don't, I don't build it, but I have to be since we are started creating the characters with a 3D designer with everyone who is working there so it's crazy it's, it's being crazy but but i had to do it because it was it's the year and i have to do it and it's my moment and and also being a father and uh, okay let's see crossing fingers and yeah, yeah but i <laughs> but i did it and uh yeah we are yeah for the museum as i had the the show of new york which is all of paintings and, and sculpture I didn't have the time to create uh, more paintings. So I thought with Fran, a friend of me, which is in my, in my team, he said to me, let's do something different. It's a museum. It's in your city. We can look farther and prepare something like more, like more artistic or like an, I don't know, like, like an installation or something, something different. I said, okay, let's think about it. And, uh, yeah. I look uh, inside of the place because I really like to to create so always something related where the place is is where the where it's gonna be the place of the of the of the art. So there is a natural park here in uh, in Valencia which is named La Albufera. It's a wetland and it's very very threatened since uh, like long time ago and it's amazing the, the the amount of birds that are living there and uh, it's a pity how the valencian people doesn't know really what is happening there there are there, there are a lot of people from europe like from germany and the netherlands who travel here to see the the birds because there are a hundred of species and it's it's amazing and now it's it's full because it's like they travel to africa and they stop here in valencia and then move Africa. And then when they come back to the north of, of Europe, they stop again in the Albufera, the, the birds. And now it's the moment where, where, where it's full. So I wanted to work on, on this place as a, as the theme of the, of the show to bring la, the problem to the, to the city because the, the fire talks about the problem of the environment worldwide. But in the museum, I wanted to do something about Valencia and, uh, I think it's, I'm super excited with it because I've been growing with, with this wetland. Everyone knows this wetland, but, but not, no one or only the, only the, the specialists know what, what kind of species are there and, uh, and the beautiful place that it is. So, uh, I decided to do a very big installation in the museum with, with, with the Albufera problem. And then we are going to, to, to create murals around all the space with, oh, wow. I'm sketching, I'm finishing the sketches. And, uh, in the beginning, I wanted to, uh, to, to draw only landscapes and some characters, but now it's being crazy. And, uh, yeah, I put a lot of, a lot of imagination there and it's going to be really cool. And, uh, I have a whole team of sculptures working, sculptures working on some pieces, some sculptures that 
that's going to be in the space. So I really want to do something immersive. There, are, there, there is another guy who is working in, 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 the, in the sound uh, uh, and we are going to put sound and illumination. And, uh, oh, wow. That's and so the, cool. Uh, the light effects and it's going to be something really, really cool. And it's nice because I never did something like that and I'm going to do it in my city. And it's the place where I can do it because I'm building, uh, for example, I'm building a six meters high sculpture. If you have to, to ship it to wherever, it's crazy. But everything is being built here in Valencia, which is nice too. And uh, it's a project for Valencia and for the Valencian people, for all the people worldwide. But it, it talks about the problem that we have here. And uh, yeah, it's... It's cool. It's cool. That's I'm, incredible. I'm happy. Let's let's see how 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 it works in the next month. But yeah, we have one month of work there. Our idea is to start on the next on February, and we will be one month painting the murals and installing everything. Wow. I mean, that, it's really cool because it's it's not only in your hometown, but it's about a problem that you've known about since you were growing up with the wetlands. And it's a place that you really hold dear in your hometown for your people. It sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, like, but at the same time you have an entire solo show that you just finished yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. Las Vegas, like that's gotta be super stressful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially for me that I'm like always like I need the time and I'm, I'm very nervous and I think I need to be organized to be very, very, well organized to work well but yeah i think i'm on time i'm on time because i just finished the show i had well if this pandemic wasn't this year it would be impossible but that that's one good thing that i had this year uh, it's crazy but but due to the pandemic i had to cancel many travels and uh, then i i i accepted this exhibition in the museum because when it, everything started when the pandemic started I didn't know that the fire will be due by, by myself. So they selected my work on, uh, on July. And I said, okay, it's going to be crazy because I know that I knew that the museum will call, will call me. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, but due to can the cancellation of all the projects, I got new projects and projects at, at home, which could be possible to do, you know, that, that, that was good for me. Because I'm busy, I'm at in my city, and I don't need to travel right now. And I'm working as never, but in my city, which is good. And I'm, I said uh, before, I, I normally I, I don't get projects from Spain, and this year with this, it's it's cool, you know. Well, and it's also it's 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 an opportunity that you can't turn down. Like you have to accept this because it's such a special thing for you. You know, sure, it's not something like if you had passed that up, saying, "Hey, I'm too busy," you would have regretted that for like the rest of your life. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife was the one who said to me, "You have to do it," and I said, <laughs> "But we have the kid. We we I have an entire solo show. I have the fire and." Uh, and he, she said to me, you have to do it. Don't think about it. Let's work. Let's work. And yeah, she's the one who helps me more to, to, to get the things that, that, that I'm getting. Yeah. He, she's, she's always, uh, taking care of everything. I only have to paint. She also works with me with the mailings and everything. Okay. And uh, she's the, yeah, the one who, who, who does that this works. <laughs> 
Yeah, sometimes it's difficult because we are almost all the day together in the studio and at home, but we try to to organize it and uh, yeah, it's 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 going well. Yeah. Now with the kid it's much more difficult. Has that always been the case? Has has she always been taking care of the business side or is that sort of a new new thing? She's doing it since 4 years ago. Okay. Yeah, 4 4 years ago. Yeah, when I needed more help yeah, she, 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 and she's a, a chemist doctor. She's oh, really, wow. really, really good. But here in Spain, the, it's very difficult to find a nice job of, of this. And she's enjoying a lot. And yeah, we travel together when I travel. Nice. And she really likes it. And she's in the sense, she knows all my friends from the arts and it's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. So f- for the work that you're creating for that installation, for the, the murals and the sculptures and all of that, what's going to happen to that once the Las Fias Festival is over? Will it stay in the museum as a permanent installation or what happens to it? The, no, the idea is to have it in the museum for the, yeah, the show is going to be for four. We are talking still about it, but it's going to be between four and six months exhibition. And then our idea is to move it to another another muse- museum. Okay. Yeah, we we would like to to bring the the problem to different different cities. We don't know what what we will do later when we don't have more opportunities to show it because, and we have to think about it because one sculpture is very very big for the murals. It doesn't matter because it's covered and that's it. But. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very special, special exhibition. And the director of the museum said me that they are going to keep it, to try to, to keep it for, for a long time to, because it's going to be everything built for the show. You know, I'm not going to bring like paintings and, and hang them on the walls. Everything will be ephemeral and will be built for, built for the show. And yeah, we are writing like the, like a short, tale uh for adults about about the problem in the wetland oh, which nice. is like the the thing that is inspiring the, the 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 whole composition and all the artworks and it's written by the by, by a very famous writer here in valencia so it's cool because we are a whole team of different specialists building something all all the people is from valencia building something to help the yeah, the nat- the natural park, which is really cool. That's amazing. I love that. It's such a great idea. So, you know, as we wrap up, uh, where can people find you online? Yeah, www.dulk.es. Yeah, and Instagram is dulk1. Okay, okay. And last question, and this is something that I like to ask everybody. Uh, who is one artist that you'd like to see me have on the show? Oh, I didn't know it. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I have a, a mantra area. Mantra area. Yeah, he's, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. Okay, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, you'll have to give me a link uh, to his, his uh, Instagram. I'll, I'll link him on the sure. show. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Antonio, thank you so much for joining me today. This was, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. You are welcome. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you for continuing me. So that's it for this episode of Art Affairs. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Antonio. 
I love the way he described where his work fits in relation to environmentalism and how he's not as much interested in, you know, depicting the damage that we humans have done, but instead wants to create this magical animal rich world to celebrate and appreciate, you know, the majesty, wonder and and beauty of the natural world. And it was cool to hear how his style changed once he started going on these photography exhibitions and and how becoming closer to nature and, you know, visiting the animals in their natural environment uh, resulted in him depicting them less cartoony and, and more realistic. And it also led him to focusing more on the types of animals that he includes in pieces and, and how they relate to one another so that the animals are with other species that they'd, you know, naturally encounter in their actual habitats. That's really cool. I'm impressed by how much he actually has going on in the next couple months. I can't imagine how he's managing to, you know, keep up with it all alongside being a new father. Uh, you know, that's pretty crazy. And, and a couple of weeks after this show is set to air, his next big solo show will debut in New York. Hosted by Spokart in partnership with ThinkSpace, uh, Ephemeral Treasures opens February 20th. Uh, the show sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome um, with all new painted works as well as a completely handmade sculpture piece. And then just a month later in mid-March is when Las Fias Festival in Valencia is supposed to take place, as well as the big museum exhibition. That humongous sculpture for Las Fias is, is going to be pretty epic, and the super immersive installation at the museum sounds truly amazing, with bird sounds and three-dimensional pieces along with several murals. It must be such an honor after having grown up seeing and participating in Las Fias as a kid to now be featured in such prominence with his own art on display and talking about a cause that's near to his heart and important to the people of Valencia. It's pretty amazing. Now, the timing of Las Fias is still sort of up in the air. It was originally scheduled for, you know, mid-March, but with the pandemic and everything, um, you know, like Antonio said, it's probably going to be delayed, almost certainly. Um, they're still aiming to have everything ready by mid-March, so his contributions to the, the show and to the festival will all be set, but the date itself is still somewhat up in the air. So, you know, definitely follow his Instagram to stay up to speed with the latest developments. So thanks again to Dolk for joining me today, and thank you for checking out the show. I'm truly grateful for your support. One big way you could help out if you're enjoying the show would be to review it on Apple Podcasts, and of course, just, you know, sharing it with your friends. As always, you can contact me through my website at artaffairspodcast.com or on Instagram at artaffairspodcast. So until next time, be good to yourself and be good to each other. <laughs> <laughs>